for the second time today. We're working over. I'm working overtime. I, I, this is not, I don't like this. I feel you guys should really start paying me more. I, I feel like I put a lot of, you know, work into this podcast and doing two today, doing two this week. I mean, I really feel like I'm being stressed out and um, I think you guys should pay me more. What do you think? Yeah, I'm tapped out, but uh, Jim's probably got a few quid he can throw you away. I accept beer. <laughs> Jim's just having none of it today. Jim is just having, he is just such a grumpy guy. Jim, why are you such a grumpy guy? I'm not grumpy. What makes you think I'm grumpy? I don't know, your face. All right. I like your jacket. Those are pretty nice. See? Good, huh? How do I get myself one? You don't. Oh, well. Bummer. Well, if you, if you, can't, get one, if you can't get one, then nobody can. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems right. Uh, everybody, uh, let me know if you can uh, hear me, because this is going to be a little bit of a test. We we normally don't go straight from podcast to podcast, uh, so I want to make sure that everything is going to work out just fine. I see that the, the comments from the previous one are still on there, so uh, I guess if you're out there listening, make sure that you let me know if uh, everything's working properly. So, Chris, how you doing, man? Good, mate. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, you had a question that I thought might be of value on the podcast that uh, we just got done with the, an interview with Karim. So uh, what was your question? Um, it was just around the switch for is it the CSI events and is it the BCA events as well, the switch to creditor tables? Yeah, and you you had asked me basically if um, if we had discussed it much. And um, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, was in, I was intending on having a little bit more of a discussion on that, but... Um, I think for anybody who was, I guess, involved with the last podcast and listening to it, uh, we talked a lot about the origins of Predator. And to be honest, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, you know, we, we look at Predator as a company that, you know, of course, they're they're a Q company, but now they're also, you know, selling balls, cloth, lights, chalk, tables, you know, you name it. They kind of, uh, you know, they, they're kind of taking over a little bit of, the industry is a, is a sense. And I think it, it was really interesting to find out how it went from basically a company built on the 314 shaft to this global, uh, I guess, powerhouse when it comes to running yeah. a, a, an entire pro tour. So we didn't get to talk nearly as much about um, some of the details as I would have liked to have, but we'll have him on again in the future and we'll talk more about the details of the stuff along the way. So um, I didn't want to cut him off uh, some of the stories that he was telling because, I, I mean, I just thought they were really interesting. So um, in the future, we'll have him back on. I'm hoping to make it to the Canada Open for anybody that's going to be there as well. Uh, maybe we'll sit down there and talk a little bit more about the details. But um, we didn't really discuss the seven-footers all that much, um, I guess, to answer your question. But, um, yeah, I guess we don't have a ton to talk about today. So we're going to kind of maybe rant a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ashton Twins Classic, of course, at the WPBA event. Um, Kelly finally lost a match. Yay! And then she goes on to win the tournament anyways. <laughs> I'm to the point now where, like, it's like, you know, there's something charming about uh, March Madness. And you you guys, maybe you guys don't know March Madness. You, it's the basketball, right? College basketball? Yeah, yeah. yeah, college basketball, yeah. So there's something charming about it because it's it's like, it's almost like you throw a bunch of, like you take a, a, a jar full of marbles and you just throw them on the floor. And it's just like, it's just like that level of randomness. It just seems like that, but you always end up having, you know, the best teams. You have your Duke, your UNCs, your Villanovas, your Kentuckys that always end up rising to the top at the end of it. But th there's something to the, 
um, I, I guess the randomness that seems to happen during these events that makes them really charming. And like, I'm almost rooting for all of the women like alive in the world to beat Kelly. And it, and it has, I love Kelly. Kelly is like my favorite women player of all time. Like I absolutely adore Kelly Fisher, but someone's got to beat her. <laughs> and Allison finally beat her in the, I, I believe it was the quarterfinals uh, or the semifinals of the winner's bracket. And then Kelly comes back through the B side and uh, nope, uh, Allison beat her for the chair. And then uh, Kelly comes back through and beats her in the, the single elimination finals. So it's, you know, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that this level of domination is good for the sport, bad for the sport? Jim? Ah, uh, is it good for the, I mean, Kelly is, you know, I mean, you would say that the, the, the biggest name in the game, in the women's game, perhaps, and in, in, in the entire game, men and women, is Jeanette Lee. But then as far as the women come, she is, you know, the two fishers, those are, you know, the, the, the top the, the top names after that, you know. And um, Kelly just seems to have, since, since COVID uh, was sorted out and everybody's got back playing again, she just seems to have hit the ground running. And it's almost like, it never really had an effect on her. Maybe the rest are still trying to catch up and get back into the swing of things or whatever. And she's just taking advantage. And she's just snapping off tournament after tournament after tournament. And but she is that good. If, she's if, lost if, one if, match if, this year. Yeah, but she is that good. But she's always been that good. But the rest were a bit closer and they just seem to have fallen away slightly now. And it's, you know, she's she's kind of almost got used to playing against the men and that being her target. And that's maybe pushed her to mentally to, to 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 feeling you know she's she's well, maybe, un- maybe she feels herself she's untouchable in the women's game at the moment and with all the players from asia we know that there's a great great number of very very good female players in asia but they're not available just now so now is the time for kelly really to strike and to, to you know to get those paychecks and she's doing it fair play to her. so jim you've known her for a lot longer than i have and chris you probably have as well um do you think that she has maintained her level and everybody else has fallen off? Or do you think that she has just improved to the point where she separated herself? And we're not talking like back to like the early two thousands because I, I, well, maybe we are, maybe we are. Do you, do you think that her level right now is even higher than it was in the early two thousands when there was a lot more competition with Jeanette Lee and Monica Webb and Allison Fisher, as well as, you know, many others. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So I've only met Kelly, I think, once maybe in person, just briefly said hello. And I didn't watch the women's game prior to maybe, I'll be honest, this year, really. Um, so we don't have ESPN or anything in the UK. So none of the women's billiards was televised um, over here. Neither was the men's, to be fair. Um, but it's hard. I, I couldn't say whether a level's better or not, but playing against the men, and if that you know, clearly as a goal is to probably get to like the last 16 or something of a major in the men's side, get on the TV. If that's her goal, then she's, you know, going to far exceed everything on the women's tour. Probably she's just maybe expecting it to happen, but it's probably, it, it looks like it's just naturally happening through a level of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not scraping wins or anything like that. Jim, what, what do you think on that? I wouldn't necessarily say that her level has, has grown. I think she has an extra mental edge over the, the rest of the ladies now. Um, she is, she's almost achieved, you know, goddess kind of status within the pool world. And the majority of her opponents now are of a, or the most dangerous ones 
are more of a younger generation who really, really do look up to Kelly and they, they see her on a, on a table and they think, <gasps> you know, they're, they're not thinking about beating her. They're wanting a photograph and an autograph with her kind of thing. That's, you know, that's, they just want to get near to her and share a table with her. So she still has that aura for a lot of the younger players coming through. Who, you know, they, they, they are good enough, but maybe they just, you know, playing against Kelly just is different, you know? She, and, um, she, the field that she played in in the Ashton Twins Classic, she played in a completely different field in the Predator event in yeah. Europe. So, you know, not all the women are coming together to play in the tournaments together all the time. So yeah. Kelly's going from one side of the pond to the other, clearing up and probably playing against half-strength fields. You know, if you put well, everybody from both yeah. sides of the pond together, then that's different. But and when you when you're dominating the way that Kelly is, you don't have the extra financial pressure and risk of doing all that traveling. Mm. You know, for a lot mm. of the players, they they have to put out a financial outlay out there to go and travel to the states or from the states to Europe, and then it's a bit of a risk for them. Am I going to cash? Kelly's been doing so well at the moment, and she knows pretty much it doesn't matter where she goes in the world. If the money's there, she's going to pick up a big chunk of it. You know, yeah, that's, and that's, that's just the way it is. She doesn't have that that same, so she can travel and play in all the events. And like I said, the more events you play in, and the more you win, the the easier it is to keep winning and to keep playing. And, you know, so, yeah. yeah. And and if we can, and if we can, um, I mean, if we could be fair to the women's field, I mean, I think Kelly would agree with this. The the two best women player in the world outside of China and Asia um, aren't allowed to play, right? I I mean, Christina to catch. Uh, maybe they're not the, the two best and, and Margaret Fafalova. Maybe maybe they're not number two and number three, but you're certainly not going to make a top, let's say, seven list without those two being on it comfortably. I would say Christina in, in, in any case, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if Margaret, I don't know if Margaret's ready to be put in that list yet. I mean, really, I mean. Well, you're taking her. You know, she hasn't actually taken part in that many events. You know, let's see her. Can let's see her consistently get to semi-finals and and finals of of proper big big tournaments. You know, uh, well, we know that she's got 150 Belarusian championships and stuff like that. But I mean, well, un unfortunately for her, when she was really starting to come into her own and she was really starting to play at an incredibly high level, mm -hmm. uh, COVID hit, and then yep. right once you know she's able to get back into the swing of things and play events. Ukraine hit and now yeah. you know she's she's honestly has anybody had a uh, you know but again we're, we're, we're basing we're bit we, I mean uh, like everything else we're kind of basing the best players in the world on the world minus Asia yeah there's probably there's probably 20 Asian players that will make up the top 25 they're that good over there and they're playing proper pool all the time and they're playing against top class uh you know so I think you know well let's let's Hopefully everything opens up again and the Asian players can start coming back like the like the like in the men's games has started to. And for then the rest of the world, uh, yeah. For for the rest of the women, obviously excluding Asia, as we keep saying, for everybody else in the women's game, who's especially the younger women who are watching Kelly, how she's progressing, would it not be the obvious thing to do to just follow her around a tournament to tournament? Everybody's got financial pressure, right? But mm -hmm. if that is the pattern to follow to get better, you don't see you know, there's maybe a handful of the women enter themselves in the big opens that Matchroom do. Other ones, they get invites, which is cool. But, mm -hmm. you know, actually putting your own money down, putting the work in, getting yourself there, challenging yourself against, again, another different level. If that's the way Kelly's doing it, I don't understand why 
well, the blueprint's there, I think, for others. Yep. I, but it's, I, I, it's not it's not just for the ladies, it's the same for the young players. Yeah, yeah. Young yeah. players do exactly the same. You know, play these big tournaments, get that 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 extra experience, you know. It's the only way you can it's the only way you're gonna learn. It's the only way you're gonna you, you can't you can't just wait to play tournaments and just wait until you think you've got a chance to win them because if you wait and wait and wait, you're not gonna have the chance to win them. You've got to get your ass kicked first, you know, and learn the ropes. Hmm. There is something to that. Yeah. It's hard to have the the cojones to play in under the biggest lights if you've never played under the biggest lights, right? Yep. You'll never um, know if you can do it or not. How lucky are we to have somebody who dominates the game the way that Kelly is dominating it right now with the off-the-table stuff that Kelly brings? Like, she's incredibly smart. She's incredibly nice. She's She, she understands the bigger picture. She understands how to promote herself, not only herself, but the event that she's playing, like I, I'm thinking of this, and like, what would happen if, you know, let's just let's just throw out a you know a name of you know somebody who has a bad reputation. Could you imagine it like the if Mike Deshane was dominating something like like a player with that kind of reputation? How lucky we actually are to have Kelly being the one that does this. Maybe that's I, one of the reasons why things never progressed as well as they are. There are quite a lot of good ambassadors now for the game, aren't there? Lots of people yeah. that are. You know, good speakers and good on TV, good commentators, good representatives for all the companies that sponsor them. And maybe that's one of the reasons why things are progressing so well. It hasn't always been like that. No, yeah. definitely not. I mean, you can look at uh, the, you know, the rest of the people that are winning. Albin, Albin is, you know, he's pretty quiet, but he's pretty smart. And, you know, when he does talk, like he garners respect. I mean, he, he, he does the right things. Joshua Filler, again, kind of a quiet guy. He doesn't talk a, a whole lot, of, which is a, a big surprise to a lot of people. He's actually quite quiet uh, on the on the you know when he's out playing, but you know he's so we'll say bolsterous when he's playing that everybody just thinks he's this super loud, obnoxious kid, and he's not. He's actually quite quiet, but he, he's very professional off the table. It's the 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 t- the, the best players that are coming through right now. And the players that are winning are representing the game in the exact way it's supposed to be represented, I think. And I, I can't even think of, I don't can you guys think of you can look at it, you, someone you, you who's can, not like that? You can look at it both ways. You can turn around and say, we're lucky that the guys that are winning just happen to be professionals and represent the game in the good way and do the right things. Or is the reason why they're successful because they're professional and they do things in the right way. They behave themselves, you know? They keep themselves fit. They do the right things when they're at the tournaments. You know, they don't get themselves in unnecessary uh, conflict situations or whatever. You know, they're not. So they're, they're not getting there. hammered they're in like, like, they're like they're uh, the harassing the players while they're playing. Is that is that what I'm hearing, Jim? That's what you're hearing. Yes. yes. <laughs> where, where is he? Where is he this evening? Is he not joined yeah, us? We haven't had our troll yet. That's yeah. Well, you can always see him because he doesn't have a profile picture. He just has a little num- a little letter at the side of his name. Yeah. Yeah, I think so it'll that's, that's, Yeah, I, I yeah. Think we these guys that. are doing things, that, and and they're showing. Well, hopefully, they're showing, and people are are noticing that. You know, if you want to get ahead in this game and you want to be successful, that's the way you got to do it. You can't be a bad boy. You can't be an idiot. You can't. You know, you're not going to get. You're not going to get anywhere. You might have a short. You might be successful for a short period of time, but eventually it catches up with you. You need friends in this business, and you need. You can't be on your own. You know, because it just drag you down. Yeah. It makes it tough. Yeah. So 
Um, I guess going through this, uh, the Ashton um, Classic, uh, Allison Fisher and Kelly Fisher play in the finals, I believe. Uh, this is the the Super Billiard Expo Women's. I don't think that's a. I might be wrong on this, but I don't think that's a WPBA event. Uh, but Kelly played Jeanette Lee in the finals of that. Uh, or not Jeanette Lee, sorry, uh, Jennifer Beretta in the finals of that. Um, other than that, I think the last at least three WPBA events had Kelly versus Allison in the finals. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? You can see Allison playing some of the events. Yeah. If those two are the best and they keep getting to the finals, then what, what are you going to do about it? I mean, I don't know. Do what they, you could do what they do in other sports and find some guy who says he's now a, a woman and then stick them in and hopefully and then see if they win it. <laughs> Shut up, man. we're not going there. <laughs> right, 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 right. Those two are just ruling the roost and they're just robbing everybody. Yeah, they're just playing better than everybody. If they're playing better than everybody, they're going to win the tournaments. Yeah. I guess it's the same thing that's happening in a, in a men's tennis right now too, right? Everything is being won by Djokovic or uh, Nadal. Yeah. You know, and three years ago it was uh, you know if you can throw Federer in there too. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I mean, if 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 listen, if if these if if these girls ladies are so good that the others just can't catch up with them, then they're going to keep winning stuff. As simple as that. They're not doing <laughs> anything. They're, they're not. They don't have any extra advantage. They've just they've worked harder throughout their careers. And they've they've given themselves a foundation and you know f- fundamentals that mean that they're going to have longevity within the game. Yeah, and their their action's not breaking down. They've got the mentality. They've had the mentality all their career. Consistent. And they're consistent. Yeah. They're hard. They're tough. And and they've got the fundamentals. You see, the, the both of them. They're, they're it's a beauty to watch them over a queue. It's a perfect photograph from all angles. <laughs> stand over a queue. That action is not going to break down. So if you want to if you want to beat them, you're going to have to work damn hard. Because they're not going anywhere. There's no reason for them to get anywhere unless their eyes fail them. And there's nothing going to happen. They're not going to get and worse suddenly. Going, so I would assume that uh, the reason that there isn't a ton of younger women coming through is the, that dead spell between, say, 2007 and 2000, really, and 19. Uh, you know, that, that stretch of 10 years where there just was nothing available. Why would, a, why would it... You know, I, I played, that was right around the time that I played juniors. And I, I remember going back and playing with, you know, when I was going to the junior international events, uh, there were a ton of women that played super strong, like very, very good. But all of them got to the point where, you know, we turned 21, 22, and we, we aged out of the juniors. And, you know, the next thing that you're looking at is the pro events, and there were no women pro events. And so at that point in time, what, you know, what do you still have to play for? I, I can think of, I can think of like a, probably six or seven women that could be, you know, if they just kept on the same trajectory they were at, they would be at that, you know, six fifty to seven hundred range, and they'd be competing with at least the top women players in the country. But there's, you know, there's just that dead spot for ten years where there's just no reason to play. So unless you're internally motivated, which Kelly obviously is because she played all the way through COVID. You know, if you but don't have never, that internal motivation, what, what what are you playing for? Well, there was never a barrier stopping the ladies playing in the men's tournaments, though, was there? Or, or was there? No? No. 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 So, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that some of the best ladies players mix it up with the men. 
Um, I watched the other day, actually, a video on YouTube from a few years ago in Griffiths in Vegas, and it was Siming Chen practicing with Shane. So they kind of did sets over three days. So I watched all of that over a few days, and you kind of forget how good like she is. You know, watching oh it, like, wow, like, she's better than, I don't know, she's favorite against everybody apart from maybe the top 20 men. I don't know. It's like, she's unbelievable. Mm. Oh, yeah. I remember when she, she played on the uh, the stream table um, at the U.S. Open, and she played, um, uh, he's a player from Arizona, uh, one of the um, top Arizona players. Um, big fella, big guy. Yeah, Mitch Ellerby or something? Mitch, Ella, uh, Mitch Ellerman? Yeah, Mitch Ellerman. Mitch Ellerman. Oh, yeah. yeah, he played... And it was the third round on the A side, and um, I want to say Simming Chen jumped out to a two-zero lead, and uh, Mitch looked like all happy, and you know he was you know cruising along, and I think uh, you know he he looked like he was having fun, and Simming Chen jumped out two-zero on him, and I think I want you know my memory is definitely failing, so don't actually check on this and you know prove me wrong. But I think it went 2-0, and then Mitch Ellerman got a game back. And then I think she blanked him from there. I think she beat him like 7-1 to one or something like that. And Yeah, it was racist he went to 11, like, but yeah. Uh, I don't – was it 11? This was yeah, the first year that the matchroom had it, so I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was 11, yeah. It was, it was racist to 11, okay. but I don't think it was close. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she just drilled him. And it was the third match on the A side, and um, by the end of it, he looked like somebody just kicked his dog. I mean, he was <laughs> drooped and – like. And he's like a 770 Fargo. I mean, we're not talking yeah. about like an average player here. We're talking about like he's played Moscone Cup. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is a, I mean, Mitch Ellerman, he, that dude had a, a ton of talent. That dude could be, you know, if he played the game like Shane played the game, I mean, like quantity of time, he would be an 800 Fargo. I mean, he is that good. And she made him look just helpless. I mean, she is a real player. It's, it's it's uh it's actually I mean it's really sad to not be able to see them now for what going on three years. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a bigger gap in the in the ladies' game than it is in the in the men's game. Uh, the the Miss in Asia, but people talk about all the, the the great Asian players, but you know there's still a lot of other great players around. You know the the the, the Asian players missing from the women's game it does leave uh, it leaves a bigger hole in my opinion in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, part of the conversation I just had with Corinne before this was, uh, you know, Predator is making an emphasis to make sure that the women get their shine in their events as well. So, you know, maybe this is the start of, you know, what, how great would it be if you are a woman or a woman coming out right now, like, uh, you know, Savannah Easton or, uh, yeah, there's a ton of women that are coming up right now. And I, I guess I probably shouldn't just say some of them, but <laughs> You know, they're that next generation of players that are coming through right now. By the time that they age into 18, 19, 20, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if they go straight to the pro tour and they're making 60 to 70,000 a year comfortably uh, with the best players in the world just because opportunity is there, assuming, you know, everything continues, you know, the way that it's going. Well, that's what we're hoping for, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of hard work. You know, you, you can't. Uh, well, you don't get. You... <laughs> Very few people get sixty sixty thousand uh, plus dollars a year without doing some hard work, you know. <laughs> Regardless of what you're doing, if you want sixty grand, you're gonna have to do yeah. you're gonna have to do some work. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but but looking at this uh, WPBA field, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to like denigrate it and say that there's not great players in here because of, of course there are. But if you look at this WPBA field and you 
you know, there's there's 64 players in this field. Um, I would venture to guess that less than five of them are full-time players. Yep. Kelly, um, Allison. I I I believe Emily Duddy plays full-time. I but I again, don't know. You, again, you throw you throw money into the pot, and that number will increase. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that but that's my point, is it's, these juniors that are coming like, through right now. To make to make a to make a career out of a sport. You can't make a career out of a sport if you have to win all the time. You know, it needs to be it needs to be enough to be to be to be consistent and placing consistently. You know, and if if players think that if there's enough money in it where you can you can profit by being last sixteen in tournaments, then you start getting a large number of people that are playing because then you know then the the risk and reward is there. And if you do end up snapping off a tournament, then boom, that's made your entire year and you're set. You know, but you want to be. Continually making sure that you know if I get sixteen or or better, then I'm going to make a little bit of money, and that that's where it has to be. And the, the game's not really there yet uh, in the women's side of it. But if it does get there, then watch that that watch that number of pros increase. Yeah, because then it be, then it becomes worth making it a career. You can't be depending on winning all the time because that's just you, you, nobody. There's only there's only one person that can do that, you know. So everybody else loses. You know, everyone's playing for second place. And at the moment, it's Kelly Fisher. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but I, I mean, I know, obviously, April, but April's not in this field, right? April's a full-time player, but she's not in this field. Yeah. Uh, if you take, like, if you just get, if you just take this field of 64 women, I don't know that you can name five players in here that is playing full-time. I, I don't, I don't think that exists. Um, and these women that are coming out, like, for example, like I, I sponsor Bethany Tate with uh, Onboard Sportswear. She's 16 years old. You know, if she continues working pretty hard and gets up to, you know, the 600 Fargo range, she's going to be able to come into a field as a full-time professional player, if she wants to do that, of course, uh, and play against a bunch of women who are nine to five and play pool recreationally. I mean, that's a huge advantage. Yeah, massive. Mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, with the WPBA, uh, you know, revamping their schedule as well as Predator throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars into the women's sport. I think it's it's in a pretty good spot right now. All depends what you want. Those nine those nine to five players that do it recreationally, they're not dependent on it to make a wage. So they're just enjoying themselves. You know, they're not dependent on it to feed the families. If you go all out, you go all out. You you then you're then you've got to start winning. You know, and it can put it can it can be a it can be a massive burden. And it has been for all we we all know it's been, it has been for a lot of players uh, in the past. You know, the, being their only source of income, playing pool. I wouldn't want to have that. That that sounds that sounds horrible, to be honest. <laughs> because it's such a it's such a brutal game where things can just you know just a roll of a well, ball can make the difference between you know being skinned or, or being able to go to the next tournament. You know, it's just crazy. Looking at Matt's uh, Matt Poland's statement, like I don't I don't think that that happens in four or five years from now, though. Like what happened to April? I don't I don't think April would even entertain that. Uh, uh, let's let's say a year from now. I don't think April's going to entertain playing in all these side events if there's going to be twelve WPBA events. You know, good and darn well that if if April's in one of these fields, she's a favorite to get top, certainly top seven, eight, and in every single one of these. I don't know what her those other sponsors are paying her to where you know she she decided that um, the WPBA wasn't going to be a good option for her. But you know, if she uh, two thousand dollars is seventh eighth in this event um 2900 is fifth six she's she could easily get fourth 
third or even second or first in one of these events. And now you're looking at like 5,000 to $10,000. I don't think, I don't think April's, I mean, I'm completely talking out of one side of my mouth because I have no idea, but I can't imagine April's sponsors that created this entire situation are going to be giving her that kind of money. To where her, sponsor, even her sponsors don't want her to play? Her sponsors well, don't want her to play? So essentially what the, the situation was, was her, she signed up for, or she, you know, she put a face out there on uh, Facebook basically saying like, hey, I'm looking for sponsors. Um, these are the events that I'm going to be playing in. Uh, this is what your marketability is going to be with all these events. And some of those events weren't WPBA because WPBA only had a couple of uh, uh, scheduled events. And then they came out with a schedule of nine events, 10 events, something like that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm making up a number. I'm, I'm not really sure on that. But it, it was it was a full schedule and not a full schedule, but it was a good, healthy schedule worth of events. And the player contract with the WPBA basically says that if you're playing in WPBA sanctioned events uh, as a top 16 player, which April is, you can't play in these other side women tournaments, um, their events. So basically, she's like, well, I already made a commitment to my sponsors that I was going to play with this. These are This is kind of what I was doing. And this is why they are, you know, in there with me. So it's. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that April is even contemplating getting other sponsors if that's, you know, at least with that expectation. I mean, you know, basically she's saying I'm going to be playing in these events right here. Uh, these are these are the these are the 12 events that I'm going to be playing in. Maybe you don't have to play in those side events if you have, you know, it, she's playing in all these other events to basically make, you know, to maybe make four four or five thousand dollars in all of them combined i mean it's just not like she's making six thousand dollars for each one if she wins it she's making a thousand fifteen hundred maybe what, what events are there is it a rival women's tour or something no it's just like uh you know uh texas open women's division is like an example of one of them but kelly can go and play in any tournament she wants right and she's playing in the wpa what's stopping april from she can't she can't, she she can't. well she she, no, Kelly can't oh, play. Okay. Kelly can't play in women's events, um, outside women events either. Okay. Okay. Like the, the um, regional ones. Like she can play, Kelly can play in all the open events that she wants. It just can't be women's open events or something like that. It's. And the Predator women's events are part of the WPBA or they're they separate? Partner. They, they, they partner. partner. All right. Cool. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I, I guess if uh, if Predators going to add to the schedule, uh, you know, they just announced that they're bringing back the women's uh, World Ten Ball Championship, uh, as well as you know an entire twelve WPBA events. Um, you know, maybe if maybe if you're adding all these events, do you really have to go to all the smaller ones? I I, I don't know. I mean, it's not a question for me. I shouldn't be counting other people's money, but it just seems like you know if if you're adding to these schedules and you're have all of these events that have ten thousand dollars as first prize and a thousand dollars for 13 through 16th which you know that's break even at best so it's not like you're making any money out of that but i don't know i i don't know i i think that regardless i guess my broader point is is there's there's actually some argument that could be made that maybe this is okay and you maybe, don't have maybe to it is. yeah you know. maybe it is it just seems crazy that if april's like the best young female prospect in the states She's not going to play in any of the biggest women's events. That just seems crazy. Well, to, be honest, you know, not a, to be honest, like she might be the best women's player in the country right now. But maybe, you know, if 
if the WPBA want to do things like that, maybe they should have a cutoff point age-wise. So say up until 25, you go play in anything you want, anywhere you want, get as much experience, go play Saturday tournaments down at your local club or Texas or whatever the hell that thing is. And at a cutoff point, then you've got to commit to doing one thing or the other. But restricting a young player like that from playing just <clears> I, just seems just seems crazy from the outside looking in. Well, the idea is you're trying to create an exclusive event that this is the only place that you can see these women, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I, the NBA has uh, well, we're seeing this we're seeing this play out right now with the PGA and the the Live Tour, right? The PGA wants to have exclusive rights to all of these players because these players uh, are what makes the PGA special. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're seeing the the live tour come in with the, the Saudi Arabian money, um, you know, we're seeing all these defectors and there's going to be, you know, some huge shakeups in golf. But that but that's essentially the idea is you want to create an exclusive tour style event where this is the only place that you can see these women players. And that's what gives not only the players um, that level of, I guess, exclusivity, but the, the tour that they all decide to play in together is essentially that's, that's the thought process that's behind it. So with that being said, like, uh, I I mean, all of this started with basically the, the conversation of this, there's some real stuff happening. Um, not only for the women, but for the men. And it's, I don't know. It's pretty cool to see, I guess. I got the, this, you know, the, the WPBA. So the women get told you play in our events, you play in no other events. Correct. Not exactly that, but are they getting paid a wage? No, no. Right. So, in my opinion, if you if you want them to exclusively, basically work for you, basically create create viewership for you, they're saying we want to create an exclusive group of players that can only be seen at our events. Okay, fine. Then pay me. Don't make me. You know, I want a minimum and then bonuses for winning matches because I'm creating viewership for you. The whole idea of you having me and having me exclusively is that if people want to watch me play. They're going to pay you in order to watch me. I want part of that as a minimum. Yeah. And then, because my, 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 the only reason my job can tell me, the only reason my work can tell me that I'm not allowed to do another job is because they pay me to do the job. If they were to turn and say, well, we're going to have the same rules, but I'm not going to pay you anymore, I'd be like, ah, I'm out <laughs> well, here. See you later. Well, I, you can't tell me what to do if you're not going to pay me. At the end of the day, I mean, this is the exact thing that's happening right now. Like I said, with golf, uh, with the, the no, it's not. The... Oh, oh, but what's his oh, name? Exact, this Dustin, is exactly what's Dustin, happening. Dustin Johnson got given a handout of of so one hundred and twenty million dollars, yeah, one hundred twenty million just to join, not to play. Yeah, that's that's different. Yeah. Just to be part of the group, he got given a one payment. If they want to do that to pool players right. and say, okay, here's twenty grand to cut, here's twenty thousand, come and join and play our events. Okay. Then you can turn around and say, okay, now you have a right to tell them. Jim, this is, this is my exact point. The PGA doesn't pay their players either. And we're seeing this play out. Now, I'm, I'm not taking a side on this. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that this is what's playing out right now with golf. The PGA well, the doesn't PGA play their the players, but, the, but the PGA yes. offer them, the, they, they offer them the, the, the only way to, create, to win money. They only get sponsorship because they're playing for the PGA, which gets them on television, which gets them sponsorship. Well, there's no, there's, no, there's other tours. No, there, there's other tours. Like there's the web.com tour that they partner with and stuff like that. There's, there's other golf tours that are out there. But the, the, the point is, is like same, it doesn't get the same media coverage. Well, that's not the same. 
well that's that's my point is like the pg or the the wpba is you know, there's other women's tours out there too the wpba is basically saying you can't play in any of those which is, the pga does too and look what's happened to them they're about to lose well, this, all their best players this is, this is my point like this, so is, this is my is, point you know and now, now the live come, yeah and now the live comes in and they decide all right well your players aren't very happy we see a marketing opportunity here hey justin uh Dustin Johnson, come over here. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk. We're here, here. Have have one hundred twenty million dollars. Just just say you want to play in our yeah. event. Bryson DeChambeau just went over there. Brooks Kepka just went over there. Like, there's a lot of players that are leaving the PGA Tour to play in this event because they're doing exactly what you're saying. I'm not saying that the other way is right or wrong. I'm just I'm just saying like that's this is this is what's playing it out. And I do agree exactly with Seth. Like the PGA has been strong arming the golfers for a long time and you know yeah. maybe that maybe the wpba is strong arming their players too and maybe maybe predator decides in the future like uh hey wpba you're holding us back we're just going to take your players from you and give them the same offer that you just said jim maybe they offer them t- ten thousand a year just to play in their events plus whatever they make if they want to do that they want to sign a contract and say listen you come and play for us you play only for us exclusively for us we'll guarantee you all these events and you can win this money and we will get, and here's a paycheck, boom, 10 grand, whatever. Yeah. And if the player decides to take it, they take it. Then that's an employer, that's an employer employee contract. That is where you Absolutely. make an agreement to represent that tour and only that tour. And if you decide not to do it, you decide not to do it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I and there's a very there's a very real argument that you could make that april larson is the best women's player in the country right now i don't know that you win that argument but you could see you could make a very serious argument that she is the best women's player out there i mean who else who else could be that for the for the u.s women i mean jennifer beretta absolutely i mean you're probably going to win the argument if you take her um but past that is there a clear player who is definitely better than april larson hands down i and we don't get to see her you know, when was the last time you watched April Larson play? She played at Dunsky Dungeon. Dunsky's Dungeon, a, I think, was last time. A yeah. challenge match against uh, some female women, uh, some female player from Florida who I I'd never heard of before. Um, that was the last time we've seen her. Uh, Brittany Bryant, you know, isn't Brittany Bryant from Canada? Isn't she I'm living sorry, in? Yeah. Cal- I think she's living in Canada. I think Brittany Bryant is from Canada. Gord, I mean, Gord, you're from Canada, so you would know. I mean, I, I think she's from. I think she's a Canadian player, though. So, but I, I do think that the Brittany Bryant would be a better player. I mean, Brittany Bryant plays super, super strong. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. How about Niels Fine winning another Euro Tour? Legends. Yeah, we can move on. Let's let's. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. Let's move on to the uh, the Euro Tour. Um, yes, Niels. <laughs> And and in uh, and in some dominating fashion, uh, you know he beat smashed it. Francisco Sanchez Ruiz nine four in the finals. He beats Oliver Solnaki nine four in the semifinals. Beat David Al- or, um, beat Victor Zelinski. You know one of the hottest players on earth uh, right now. Beat him nine eight in the quarters. Beat Eklund Kachi nine to six. You know you're talking about some real players like that. That is, I mean, you're never going to have a cushy draw when it comes to the final no. thirty two of a Euro Tour, but. Eklund Kachi, Victor Zelinski, Oliver Solnaki, Francisco Sanchez Ruiz. The only player you're missing out of that maybe is like Albin or Josh, and Albin doesn't really play the Euro Tours. But and Josh got beat by Sanchez Ruiz. Yeah. yeah, that's about as tough as it gets. Yeah. yeah. 
Good for uh, good for Niels. Number eleven passes him. Uh, passes him past uh, Nicky Vandenberg. Yeah, one one pass, Nick. I don't know how Nick feels about about that. I'm sure he's fine with it. I'm in a WhatsApp group with loads of guys from Holland from Plan B, the club in Amsterdam, Jim. You've been yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, they were all talking in Dutch in the group chat, but I think Nick was getting a bit of ribbon for uh, <laughs> he would Neil, Neil's overtaking <laughs> him. No, Nicky, no, Nicky probably didn't even know he was on 10 until, Nick, until <laughs> Neil got 11. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't think Nick's the kind of guy that that, that puts his bacon, that puts his uh, cups up on a shelf somewhere and counts them every day. I don't think he even knows. Yeah. I don't even knows where his cups are. I don't think. <laughs> so, do you guys think that this does anything for uh, Niels as his uh, career? Do you think this adds to anything, or do you think it's just another one of those, uh, you know, seventeenth paragraph of the wiki page? It's just a great. It's a great boost moving into the second half of the season. He'll be full of all sorts of belief and confidence now. I'm not sure he's ever really lacked it deep down, but um, I think he said a few things and kind of bits and pieces about maybe not quite being there at the, the level he wants to be. But if he can win against all those guys, then going into the second half of the season, definitely wouldn't put, put it past him winning winning one of the events. I think uh, for, I've spoken to Niels quite a lot over the last years as we say <clears throat> and we had a conversation about Moscone Cup last time after after the last time he played in Moscone Cup and he was he was a bit down and he, he felt a bit disconnected and that, that, that there's a new generation coming through and he felt like the old guy and there's a new atmosphere within the Moscone Cup and it's he's a very he likes to say very much within his own little focus you know in his own tunnel vision kind of thing and it's quite difficult to do and I think with the with the injury that he had as well, I think he made there was part of him there was part of him that probably wondered whether or not you know it was whether he could ever really get back to the you know the the, the top of the game in Europe and and a victory like this will just make him feel like he can. I know he's fiddled with his equipment. He's playing with the carbon shaft now. He's got the 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 carbon Longoni uh, on his uh, the Luna Nera or whatever it's called. And he's really, really happy with it. He feels like it's given his game a new dimension and he's really, he's stroking well. I maybe took a little bit of time for him to get used to it. He had a couple of poor tournaments uh, last uh, last year or so, but he played really strong. I watched quite a few of his matches in that Euro Tour and it was it was like the old Neils kind of thing. And those tables were playing really funky as well. The, be the weather there got a bit warm and a bit, I think it rained maybe one day and it got quite humid in there. And those dynamic tables do tend to get very, very bouncy when it gets humid. Um, and he handled it. He's just he's just mentally he's mentally as strong as he's ever been. Now I get the feeling, and um, he just it was the old Neils, and it was uh, it was really. But you, you see what it means to him. Every it seems to me every tournament he wins now, as he gets older, the reaction and the emotion is more and more. And I I think he's just he's just enjoying winning. Uh, I think at the moment because. I think as you get a little bit older and you watch all these beasts coming through, the fillers and the catches, Jason, you know, maybe not so much. He's not playing in Europe. Um, Fedor and all those guys. When you see those guys coming through, you think, you know, am I going to win another one? Yeah. So to, to, to do it, you must be absolutely delighted. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Give him a good boost. It's a good time as well. There's some big tournaments coming up, the European Open coming up. Uh, then he goes over to, he'll go over for the uh, US Open, the International Open. So it's a busy period. This is where... This is where everything gets sorted out for the rankings for the end of the year and for Moscone Cup and stuff like that. So uh, he's put himself in a, you know, 
a strong place mentally and let's see if he can kick on from here the next couple of tournaments who knows he snaps off a us open he's in Moscone again yeah, yeah. So that from from nowhere you would say really yeah i mean you would I, don't, say I, I don't well i suppose you you'd you i don't do you think so do you think he's I, in Moscone if he do you think he's in Moscone if he wins the us open well, well he, he would, I, let's put it this way i i don't know what the money get above him on the money list well <laughs> Joshua Filler is still going to be above him in the money. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be Filler, Filler, Albin, and Niels. They've won the three tournaments. Well, that have been grand. well yeah. Francisco Sanchez Ruiz is going to be very, very close to that. Yeah. No, he's I mean, not it's going to be interesting. Anywhere, anywhere near 60 grand. Well, right. Well, what happens if he beats what what happens if he beats Francisco Sanchez Ruiz in the finals? You don't think that you don't well, think that FSR can get to the finals? Is it not 60 30? So it'll be probably they'll be, be round about that area then together. Yeah, yeah. So, so who do you like from here to the rest of the year to to make more money outside of the U.S. Open, right? I, I the only thing I'm saying is like Niels would have to win that, and it still could be Albin, Josh, and uh, FSR that that lead the money count. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah. All right. How well, do you I, not give him a wild card then? I mean, well, well, that well that that gets to my point yeah. of the wild card, right? Like Jason is Jason has to have one of the wild cards locked up, right? You would yes. think, and then yes. we just had a discussion last week about David Al Qaeda getting the second wild card. No, or possibly Fedor, right? No. Or or Fedor, right? Depending on his situation. But look, well, this is the, Neil... this is the problem with Europe, right? Is there's a million people that could yeah. they're all deserving. <laughs> yeah, and if Niels wins the U.S. Open and he doesn't get in, then he's hard done by. There's no question. But that's the level of competition. So now it's Kazakis won the Masters last year and didn't get in. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. It really doesn't. It really it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as as long as one of Shaw, Filler, or Albin, as long as one of those guys makes the top three on the money list, Lely's job is done. He's it's there. It is. It's done because he's too. <laughs> it is. It is because Albin, Shaw, and Filler are on the team. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. bet my left testicle that Albin, Shaw, and Filler. Are on the team, as long as one as long as one of them makes the top three on the money list. I'll go with FSR to get in, and I think spot five is up for grabs. If somebody gets in on the money list, I think if somebody gets in on the money list, I think that obviously they're in. Yeah. Um, if Albin and Phil are in the money list, then it wouldn't surprise me if it's Al Qaeda because FSR is already there. But sure. really, it's those three. FSR, I've got to say, he deserves it now. He keeps He's either in the finals or he's winning tournaments. It's just crazy how far he, he's, he's just going deep every single time. Every he's coming out early. It's just amazing the consistency. He's, he's, on a, he's on fire. He's up here with his, with his uh, confidence. Get him in the team. This is the year to get him in. You know, I'm all for that. And if, uh, if, if there's a spot for Al-Qaeda, his best mate, to, just for that comfort feeling and obviously for them being, you know, World Cup of Pool champions playing the doubles. Yeah, why not? But Alden, Jason, and Filler, that's... Yep. Well, going back to Niels, um, I mean, to be honest, I wish I wish this event was one week earlier because uh, for full disclosure, we did voting for the uh, BCA Hall of Fame last week, and I voted for two players on the ballot, uh, and I thought the most deserving person personally for me was Niels. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, I voted for Niels, and I voted, voted for Dennis. Uh, Dennis Arcoyo is getting in as well as Jerry Bryseth. Um, but that is for uh, that is not for the greatest player. So Dennis Arcoyo was uh, voted in. I don't know exactly where the voting ended up as far as the numbers, but um, I, I think that Niels, you know, if this happened two weeks ago, would that have been the, uh, enough of a bump to get him over Dennis? I, I, 
I don't think so. I don't no, think it's really. It's just I don't I don't think so. It's a sea of execution. They're both both of them are always going to be in it. You know, yeah. Ten years yeah. ten years from now, they'll both be wearing the green jacket at somebody else's Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. There's one. There's one year that the spot's already guaranteed. I think that's probably next Shane. year. Is it Shane? Shane next year? Um, I think. I think it might be. He's either 38 or 39 right now. I think. I, I think. I, I think. I calculated 2023 would be his year. Uh, so he's in, but there's two every year. So maybe him and Niels are at somebody else from the within no, the coaching side no, of it. Not two of every year. No, I thought it was and two. No, the uh, and I'm blanking on what the name. Let me um, the monet. It's something something service. Um, and I need to figure out exactly what it is so I could not butcher it. Okay. But so, like 20, a, so twenty so twenty 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 four. Then there's there's one there's basically there's one player that's guaranteed in every year. Unless uh, two players get over seventy-five percent of the votes, yeah, meritorious service. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, the meritorious two, service. Two players get more than seventy-five percent of the votes. Well, merit. So, meritorious service is what Jerry gets. Jerry got voted on. That happens once every other year, and how that works out is one player gets nominated, and then it's a simple yes or no vote as to whether or not they get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, so they need to get an X percentage of people that vote yes. And if they get that threshold, they are going to be in uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame as the meritorious service. The voting outside of that, you can vote for as many people as you want or as few as people as you want. So like I said, I voted for two people and two people only for the, for the Hall of Fame. Dennis and uh, Niels. Um, so theoretically, if there's 100 votes, and there's not a hundred votes. I think there's a total of like 40, 43 or 44 people or something like that, that vote that have a vote, I should say um, of those 44, if 75% of them would vote for both Niels and oh, yeah. Dennis, then they, they would both get in. Is that if what Appleton, happened with Appleton and Jeanette Lee then when they both got in at the same time? So it, it's happened twice in history where um, it's only happened twice where two people got inducted in one year. I it was not I think it was Johnny Archer and um Jeanette Lee. I think no. they got in the same year. I think no, no Johnny Archer was, was in way was before. I, I was at Jeanette Lee's and it was just and, and uh okay, was, all right. So for Darren, okay, just, so there was and Bar Bar Barry Hearn got inducted the same night as well. I think it might have been Gillette. Oh, have I been at two of them? Maybe I've been at two of them. Yeah, Barry Hearn was just uh two years ago. If I'm not I'm pretty sure Barry Hearn was just two years ago that he went in. But um, anyways, um, Johnny and Johnny and some other Johnny and another player were. This is why we need to have Pinozo here today, because. <laughs> but that's that's how that works out. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I don't think that the, this would have you know been the deciding factor for enough people to get him up to you know past Dennis. But I think that Niels is absolutely Hall of Fame worthy, not only for what he's done on the pool table, but everything that he's done off the pool table. I mean, you you ask any. You you ask probably if you if you took a poll of every single European player under the age of twenty four, let's say, who their favorite player is or who they looked up to the most, like sixty to seventy percent, I would guess is is Niels. I, all of the European players that are young idolized Niels. Mm -hmm. Niels and Ralph is basically it. <laughs> you know, some people, of course, if you're from um, England, it's you know Darren, but that's. The guy's a consummate professional on and off the table. He's an absolute grinder. Uh, he's he's everything that you want in a in a player, and I think that you get bonus points for that. 
Niels is in. Neil, Neil, Niels, Niels will be in. It's a matter of yeah. time before Niels gets in. You know, um, simple as that. It's either next year or the year after that. I think it's if, if next year is Shane's year, then you know it's possible he goes in with Shane. It's possible. Uh, I know he's going to get my vote every single year. Um, he's, he's yeah, he's going to get my vote every single year. And of course, you know, when Shane gets in there, if that's not unanimous, then whoever doesn't have a vote needs to get, or whoever has the vote that didn't vote for him needs to have their vote pulled. I mean, it's just silly. I mean, I know there's like this thing in baseball where like it's until Mariano Rivera, there was never a unanimous first ballot baseball hall of famer because like they just did it basically based on principle. And I think that if you're, if you're voting anything based off of principle, you need to have your vote pulled. I mean, that's just stupid. Like they're either yeah. worthy or they're not like, don't do this whole, like, well, we got to make them wait five years because that's, that's what tradition is. That's bump tradition. If they're worthy of putting if, if they're worthy of being a hall of famer, put them in the hall of fame. Cause you never know what might happen. I mean, Kobe Bryant, Kobe yeah. Bryant died, not being a hall of famer. Yeah. Right. I mean, that. Yeah. Okay. Up. But it's different if it's the five years after you retire, I get that, that, but that, but, what happens if they, they, they didn't have that and Kobe Bryant could have went in the first five years and then died and wasn't able to be there. I mean, that, that stuff just, you're either a hall of famer or you're not. I don't like the, the idea of making somebody wait for an honor mm -hmm. that they've already earned, but um, th that's neither here nor there. So um, yeah, I guess let's, let me actually look up what Shane's age is to see if he goes in next year. He's in next year. Well, I, is. is he 38 or 39? you have to be 40 to be on the ballot. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say he's 39 then. <laughs> um, he's 38 July 14th. So he's he's about to turn 39. So he will not be on the ballot next year. Wait, I I, I guess I shouldn't say that. Um because I don't I don't know if it's 40 as of the time of the banquet or 40 as of time of the voting. Because the banquet <laughs> banquet he will be 40, the voting he will not be 40. So I don't know. Again, we need Pinozo, I guess. <laughs> Just give him it, god damn it. Yeah, <laughs> Might as well give him two of them. Yeah. <laughs> give him two green jackets. <laughs> yeah, you could. So I don't know. Pretty awesome for Niels. Um it's good to see. I mean, uh, Ralph one of these or uh, Ralph won uh one of the Euro championships. Niels won one of the European championships, uh and a Euro tour. I mean, it's good to see that the players are still, you know, grinding. Yeah, no, it's great, brilliant, love it. Yeah. Love seeing these old guys showing that they, they still do it. Yeah, yeah, Gordon Kerr's in there. Yeah, 2013, Barry Hearn and uh, Jeanette. I was at that one, and I was at Appleton's in 2015 when he was voted with, with along with somebody else. Don't know who it was in 2015 that Appleton was voted with. Both of them happened in Vegas. Yeah, during the Moscone Cup. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I, I got to look it up, but you sure? No, you don't. Uh, you don't, because I can remember it. 2013. Barry no, Hearn, the, 20, the, the 2015, are you are you trying to say that, um, was the 2015, was that was that a meritorious service or was that a, a greatest player award? That was Appleton getting the greatest player and then somebody else. 2017, I'm getting told now. I don't believe that. Was it 2017? Could be. Yeah, Appleton's yeah. not 47, is he? 2015. 2015 was Charles Usidis. 2015. Okay. Appleton 2017 along with somebody then. 2014 was um, Oliver Ortman. Um, 2014 was uh, Mika Eminen and Jose Perico. Jeanette Lee went in in 2013 by herself. 
No, with Barry Hearn. Well, I mean, in the greatest player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said that she went in with Aaron. Let's no, I, knew, I, I knew two of the three were together. Darren went in in 2017 with, who? with Tom Rossman. Rossman. But Tom Rossman was meritorious service. Okay. Yeah. So you were wrong again. I was very drunk on both of them. <laughs> I can well, show yeah, you really. photo, I can show I can show you photographic evidence of me no, and, and, dancing around in Darren Apple's green jacket. <laughs> I mean, we've heard your stories. We've heard your stories where you get drunk and you just heckle people. We know this. Oh God, it's so overrated. So, so yeah. Some people just overreact. Isn't it fun? Anyway, I've got to go and give a bottle to a baby. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess um, we don't really have anything else that we needed to discuss today. It's a pretty slow week as far as uh, news. We could give a shout out to Ina Coplin too, who won the uh, the women's yeah, yes. Euro Tour. Well done. Go yeah. Ina Coplin. We like Ina Coplin here. Um, she beat uh, Bojana Saric from Serbia, seven to one. Yeah, never heard of her. She's obviously Bit a good player. Down too. Greg, yeah. I'm only a heck, I'll only be a heckler if you're playing. You get yourself into that Moscone Cup. I'll show you what heckling is. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. Hey, know. He's, on there. he's up there. He's like fourth on the, the money list. <laughs> Greg Hall get Moscone Cup for Team USA. Bring it on, baby! <laughs> Red Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be classic. Wow. That'll be brilliant. All right, Nate, you've gone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I love Greg. I love Greg. Um, I, Greg, I'm sorry. I don't want to see you in the Moscone Cup. <laughs> I, I, I love you, man. I do. I love you. You're a great player. You're an awesome player. Well, actually, you know what? I do want to see him at the Moscone Cup. He might bring that. He might bring that. I, I do want to see him. Never mind. I, I, I withdraw that because why not? Why? Why? You know, you never know. You might give them that extra spark that they need. You can't play worse than Corey Duell. <laughs> You know, he's a, he's a patriot. He'll be waving the flag. He'll be jumping around and screaming, singing all the songs, everybody. Why not? Get him in there. <laughs> a few hams. <laughs> he did it. You know, he won the, he, you know, he won the, the uh, Sandcastle Open. Hell yeah. Yeah. You are playing there's only, good. There's only, there's only two American players that have won a ranking event. Shane and, Shane. Shane and Greg Hogue. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Why not? Get him in there. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry i'll uh i'll sit next to jim if uh he, and whenever he tries to heckle you i'll just like slap over i'll just reach over and slap him well <laughs> to that i'm gonna i'm gonna go over and sit and say greg <laughs> greg i'll be your coach <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna crush it f you hand <laughs> good i'm out here i'm gonna go and feed a baby guys love you speak to you later okay we're gonna get a call from a scotty cup <laughs> Greg Hogue for Moscone Cup. See you later, mate. All right, we'll get out of here too. All right, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you, Izzy. We'll see you next week.